0: So, this is our fourth episode, but for some people, this is their first, so welcome to The Bamboo Project. Um, So, normally, I would have, it would be myself and Hunter doing the podcast, and he's not here today, and I'm actually annoyed by that, right? So, the reason I'm annoyed by that is because we normally do the podcast Monday and Tuesday, right? And... I texted him yesterday, which would have been Monday, with Tommy coming tomorrow, which is today, Tuesday, and he said he's not coming today. Can he come on Wednesday? Now, we've been doing the podcast Monday and Tuesday since we launched the podcast for multiple reasons. One reason is because Melissa's the producer of the podcast, so she works Monday and Wednesday. Uh, Another reason is we started the podcast early because I wanted to capitalize on this coronavirus uh, pandemic that's going on, I felt like. Everybody's inside. I felt like now would be the time to start the podcast, so let's just start it and figure it out as we go along from there. Um, so he, uh, so like I said, he texts me that he's not gonna be able to make it to the podcast. So I was annoyed by that. Right now, the reason I'm talking about this on the podcast is because I used to try to write poetry, and I realized that the hardest part about writing poetry is trying to conceal how you feel in your poetry so that other people aren't offended by it. And I realized how easy it is to speak when you're speaking honestly and speaking from the heart. You don't really have to kind of figure out what words you want to use. Everything comes out naturally. So this morning, I was thinking about, okay, am I going to do the podcast by myself? Am I going to do it on Wednesday when Melissa is at work? Um, I decided, okay, you know what? It's my podcast. So I decided... I need to have to. I need to have the skill to be able to do the podcast by myself, just in case anything were to happen, and I have to do the podcast by myself. So I decided, okay, who? Here we go. Um, yeah. So I'm, I wake up this morning. and I'm like, okay, what am I gonna talk about in the podcast? Because I didn't really have an idea what to talk about. I'm like, maybe I could talk about my last week. Maybe I could talk about what's going on with my dad. Maybe I'll talk about kind of, you know just like an update but that didn't feel natural to me it kind of felt like I was avoiding what I actually really wanted to talk about in the podcast and I felt like I was trying to struggle okay what should I what should I talk about I'm writing things down I'll talk about that I'll talk about this and neither one of those things that I really feel like was the right thing to talk about and as soon as I said okay I'm gonna talk about how I feel about the situation all of my thoughts were able to flow through and I was able to actually think I was able to actually know what I want to talk about without any barriers in the way um so I just kind of want to touch on that um, because I feel like a lot of people make excuses as to why they can't do something um, as instead of making solutions for it. So I'm like, okay, I could have been like, I could not do the podcast this week. I could have waited till tomorrow. And I already know if I did wait until tomorrow to do the podcast, something bad would have came from it. I don't know what would have came from it. But I know if you don't stick to your plan, usually if you don't try and do your plan as much as you can there are gonna be things that come up that aren't really uh that aren't really good and kind of make things go bad, right? So uh so that was this morning. And then to kinda of further uh annoy me, right? I he asked me can I come on Wednesday? I said no, I can't come on Wednesday. And then he goes, uh okay, oh he wanted to come on Wednesday. And I said, no, I'll do it myself today. Tomorrow you come. We'll do the podcast between me, him, Melissa, and Crystalina. So he said he wanted to start it, the podcast where when he comes into the house, he actually, we start, sit down, and have the podcast. Because in the last two podcasts that we've done, I kind of wanted to save our conversation for the podcast. And I feel like that kind of made the conversations not as fluid as they could be, because while we're setting up for the podcast, or while we're shooting the intro like we did last week, uh, it it takes away, if he might ask me a question, or we'll start a conversation, and I, I would end up going, nah, don't talk about it yet, let's wait for the podcast, and I feel like that takes away from the podcast by actually doing that, because then you have to remember, okay, what was I going to ask earlier, what were we talking about earlier, so he said we should try... As soon as he come in, just talk on the podcast. As soon as he come in, start the podcast, and we go from there. So, uh so next week we were gonna do that. He said he wants to have try that, doing that first, and then he wants to the week after that he wants to have Melissa and Christina on the podcast. So I'm like, I right, bet you know, let's see if that works. Let's try that out. Um, so then he started asking me about my dad, right? Because my dad has, uh, my dad has the coronavirus and he's in the hospital battling with that um and one of the things that annoyed me about him talking to me about my dad with the coronavirus is that he said I find the exact I believe he said something along the lines of uh he's been in my prayers and mind a lot right and I feel like when people say that to me, it kind of annoys me because it's not, it's not that, it, I don't know if I would say it's not genuine, but it doesn't do anything for me to hear that. I don't, the response to that would probably be, okay, I appreciate that. Maybe, I don't know how to respond to that. And there's a lot of things like that that people do that annoy me where I feel like they're saying what they're supposed to say. Like if somebody dies, you go, Oh, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. And it's like, why are you sorry? You didn't do anything for them to die. Um, So I think that people kind of get into this mode of saying what they think they're supposed to say. And instead of actually being present in the moment and actually having a conversation with the person, because if I say, yeah, you know, my person, whoever died and you go, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. It's like, okay, if I was to then respond to that and go, okay, why are you sorry? They wouldn't have a response to that because their response is not genuine in the first place. So that kind of annoys me. And then people say they're praying for my dad, which my aunt likes to say, or tells me to pray for him, to me, that doesn't really help because I'd rather somebody, if somebody, if I told somebody that my dad is sick and they say, what is he sick with? And I say, he has this. And they go, oh, have you tried doing this? That would be a more useful conversation as opposed to somebody going, your dad's sick? Oh, man, well, I'm going to pray for him that doesn't do anything for me that it helps you it doesn't help me it helps you feel better that you prayed for him it doesn't actually help me feel better that somebody's praying for him um so that really annoys when people do that um and like i guess there's a lot of things like that that people do uh where they i call it being fake um but i don't think it's a fakeness that comes from someone being disingenuous it's more so of like they not they're not Processing or being present, what's actually happening? They're just getting through it or saying the things they're supposed to say. Um, so that's uh, that's how my morning started off. So then, also, I don't know if you guys know, me and Melissa are are broken up, right? I will get into that as to why we're broken up in a second. I feel like the mic is mad loud on that thing. Let me turn this down. Um, what does the volume do on here? okay okay so yeah so i oh, me. kidding make sure this is still on the thing. okay so melissa this morning right i wake up and i come to find out that uh some some waffle batter has spoiled this morning right well it's actually spoiled from last night now Here's why I was annoyed by this. I'm going to tell you guys why I was annoyed by this situation when I wake up in the morning. Um, Because Melissa has severe anxiety. That's what I call it severe anxiety, right? Um, In my mind, I see it like this. When her mind, when she gets anxious, right, she she freezes. Her body kind of goes like it tightens up, right? That's how I think about it. And it's almost like if you were to imagine... If you saw, like, a wild animal and they were afraid or frightened, they would kind of be, like, real tense, right? And then when she gets like that, she doesn't really process anything else except for, I guess, the fear of what's happening at the moment. Um, And that kind of annoys me a lot, right? So the other day, there was a fly in the house, right? It's a regular fly. It was a big fly. but It was a regular fly. Just a regular fly, right? Now uh melissa i don't i don't know if she was scared of the fly i don't know what she thought the fly was gonna do to her i don't i don't understand the logic behind this but she seemed very frightened and anxious by the fly when i asked her she said the fly might fly in her mouth or in her ear or something like that maybe her nose i don't know what where the fly is gonna go um so as i was killing the fly she's jumping around from the fly right as if the fly was either a hornet. Or maybe an anaconda or a crocodile. You know, she was acting as if, if the fly was doing one of those things, right? So as when people when people get frantic around me, I get annoyed. It makes me anxious because I'm like, I need you to relax. Because if you're not relaxed, then you're going to make me do something that I, that's you're gonna mess up what I'm doing. So just relax and I'm gonna kill the fly. It's a fly, it's not gonna hurt nobody, it's just a fly. So while she's ah, ah Oh my God, it's all right. I'm like, okay, you know what? You kill a fly. I'm like, here you go. Here is the envelope. You kill the fly. And Melissa proceeds to throw the envelope at the wall, at the, at the mirror, the glass several times trying to kill a fly because I'm assuming she's afraid that if she goes near the fly, she will swallow the fly and perhaps she'll die because I don't, I don't know any other reason as to why she would be throwing the envelope at the fly instead of killing the fly, just smacking it on the wall. Um, other than that, so that that's just an example of how the anxiety works, right? So this morning, or from last night, I had made waffle batter and I left it out on the counter, right? I fell asleep in the middle. Of the, well, I fell asleep at night, and when I fell asleep at night, uh, the waffle batter was left on the counter and it spoiled, right? So Melissa said that she had opened the waffle batter to. I think she was going to clean it or pour it out or put it in the dishwasher. And she heard it make a sound. So Melissa decided that she was going to close it back and leave it on the counter. So when I wake up in the morning, I then can clean the waffle batter uh, bowl um, because it made a sound. What was it? It
1: was the
0: jar. So it was the jar. Okay. So the jar was left on the counter uh, because she didn't want something to happen from the jar. I don't know. Do you what was your reasoning? Do you like to uh plead your case for why you decided that you wanted to leave it on the uh you wanna sit over here? Sure.
1: Uh plead my case. Well,
0: hey, explain what, what uh what happened?
1: Uh it was okay. So Donovan has a habit of having having things Um, out in containers that spoil. So like, he'll go to work, he'll come home, he won't put the food that he eats in the fridge right away, or sometimes he'll forget about the food and then they'll be out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I'll see three, four containers on the counter All with explosive food. Like when I say explosive food, I mean if I open this right now, some godforsaken smell is gonna hit my nose, right? Because bacteria has now um, built itself up in there. It's now spoiled, might be moldy, I don't even know. So that is kind of one of those situations where this is a jar or something that Donovan was using that now has some kind of organism in there that I'm not really trying to mess with. Like, I really don't, I'd prefer not to smell whatever smell was about to hit my nose. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave this one for Donovan. I'm going leave this one for Donovan. I went to open it. What was inside expanded. And then there was a hissing sound. I was like, mm I'm okay. And I put it down. And that's how that went.
0: Okay, so as you guys heard, she just explained exactly what I said. She didn't actually say why she did it. There's no reasoning behind it?
1: Why? I thought it made sense for the person that put it there to to handle it, because I didn't want to handle it. I didn't want to do that
0: one. Okay, so this is one of my problems that I feel like I have with Melissa, right? She always uh, wonders why... Oh, you can... Do you want to stay here? Oh, do you want me to go? She always wonders why uh, people on TV, comedians, different podcasts, television shows, make fun of 22-year-olds, right? Whenever they read like a 22-year-old, they go... (laughs) Uh Uh They do that, right? Whenever they reenact a 22-year-old, this is why they do that. Because a 22-year-old, right, would have the logic of, I didn't put that there. I'm not picking that up. I didn't make that mess. I'm not cleaning that up. That's the logic of a 22-year-old, right? Um, I left it on the counter yesterday, right? I didn't leave it on the counter and go, I'm going to leave it here so she can clean it up. I left it there, and I fell asleep. I forgot about it, Right? I didn't say, yeah, you know what? This shit stink. I'm gonna leave this shit right here for her tomorrow, so when she wake up, she clean it.
1: You've done that before.
0: Okay, when have I done that?
1: With the um, with one of your lunch containers. Well, I don't think you've. I don't think you left it there with the intentions of me cleaning it. Which is
0: exactly what I just said. That's what I said.
1: You right? Cause then I think about it when we spoke about it on the phone that time like you didn't leave it there for me but if if i did clean it that would have been cool i think that's what you said
0: i didn't say i'm gonna leave this right here for her to clean it up and i'm gonna go out go to sleep or to work do whatever i gotta do and leave it right here i'm not touching this
1: man i cleaned everything else it was just, it was just that thing i didn't want to i didn't want to deal with
0: okay this is this is why are you gonna cry i'm not i feel like you are
1: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> okay so
0: this is this is why I get annoyed uh with that because I feel like um we're broken up right for a very similar reason which I'm gonna address in a second um because uh we even though we're not boyfriend and girlfriend because we don't have those titles we still live in the same house um you can just check it, make sure this on if you can you can sit back down afterwards if you want. Um, we still live in the same house. So we still have a relationship. It doesn't have to be boyfriend girlfriend, but we're roommates. We're business partners, whatever else labels you want to put on. But we still have things that we're trying to do, right? Um, we don't have a baby. Our house is our baby. So we have to take care of it. Her, she has her things she has to do. I think that I have to do. There are some things, like I said, when I get up in the morning, every like 90% of the mornings, I have to clean up a mess that Melissa has made from the night before. Um, And yes, I'm very annoyed by it a lot of times because I feel like there are things left on the floor that don't have to be left on the floor. It's just little things. like, And that's what annoys me. It's a lot of little things on the floor. It's not just like, oh, the TV was left leaning over or something like that. It's like, You can tell that she picked things up, put it down, and then just walked off and was like, I'm just going to throw this right here and put that over there, put that over there, leave that right over there, right? Um, But again, I understand that she does a lot of stuff throughout the day. So although it may annoy me to have to clean things up, I do understand that she's doing certain things, right? Um, But this is what comes from, I believe, being mature is when you go, okay, I understand that uh, I am upset, but something still needs to be done. Okay, and then you go, you suck it up and you still do it. Um, And that's just that's one of the things that happens in a relationship, whether it be any relationship has to be like that. That's called compromise. And when you negotiate, when you compromise, some both people are losing. Both people have to win in a perfect negotiation. It's not going to be 50 50. It's going to be 60 40 on one thing. And then the next time something comes up, it might switch to 70 30 in favor of the person who had the least number last time. Um, and that's how that's kind of how it works. Where it shouldn't be that one person is always winning. It shouldn't be that because power doesn't work like that. Power goes back and forth. It doesn't just stay with one person. When it does stay with one person, that's when you have an unhealthy relationship. Um, so I'm not really I don't really uh, like that. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. Uh, yeah, I noticed no. Melissa was crying, so my head went to somewhere else. Why are you crying? I don't know what you're
1: referring
0: to. I don't know what you mean. Again, like I said, I don't, it's in a perfect world, everything will be clean all the time. Right? And I understand that we do not live in a perfect world. I do not want you to clean up everything all the time. I'm making a point that. Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. That's the point that I'm making. Um, I know there are days that you cook and you don't want to cook. And you suck that up and you go, you know what? I'm going to cook anyways because we have to eat. Um, I know there are a lot of other things that you probably don't want to do that you end up doing because for the the, the betterment of our relationship. Um, but I don't think there should be... Hmm. I'm trying not to be biased. I'm trying not to be uh, disproportionately uh, going against you as opposed to being self reflective. So I'm like, I don't, okay, do you have times where you think that I do that to you? And the only time I can think of right now is where I go, and even then, I don't know. I don't know if that, if that would count. But if, Where I go, you know what, I don't care uh, how she feels. I'm going to just do this.
1: Um, That's actually what time frame are you talking about because I feel like I don't do that as much since we've broken up. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know what you have to. Ref, you have to reiterate the question that I said or the statement that I made, so I understand what you're talking about. Because I don't understand what you are talking about.
1: Like, do you still feel like I put myself before you? Like, do you still feel like I? I think because basically you're saying that I, I disregard whatever it is that you're feeling and do whatever I want to
0: do. No, what I'm saying is that you had a decision that you could have made. Um. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think of situations where, because okay, in that in that situation, I don't feel like you thought about us. You thought about you, and I'm asking with you the, with the the jar. the jar, and I'm asking you, what do you think? When do you think that I do that? Because if I do, I would like to obviously address it and not do that.
1: I'm glad like you said. I think that you're not always. Receptive to hearing me out. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of like help. I
0: think what you think in your head trumps what I think. Okay. So, that happens sometimes. Okay. okay. So with that, um, this is an issue I have when we have conversations. Um, I I feel like. I'm trying to get an answer and I feel like when we have conversations you're trying to win a conversation and I feel like that's what causes a lot of the problems because I'll be trying to come up with a solution for something but you kind of want to show me that you know it or that you are uh, you want to show me that you know it or you want to show me that I'm wrong about something and I don't try to make you wrong i'm like okay is this what's happening right now and then let's go from there but i feel like when i ask you that that's when it becomes you you're trying to defend yourself as opposed to go okay let's come up with an answer for whatever this problem that we have is i feel like you disagree you want to sit down over here or do you want to stay over there okay
1: think that if you start the conversation off kinda of like an interrogation as opposed mm-hmm. to being forthcoming with what the problem is, it makes me be defensive because I don't really know what you're talking about until after you ask your baseline questions. So then so I don't know what I'm I don't know. With, so an example of that would be like, uh were you were you here this morning? Like, yeah? Oh, okay. Did you uh did you open the window? Like no i don't no, no. like i don't i don't know what these questions are for i don't know what you're thinking all i know is that you're asking me questions mm-hmm. so and then after i answer the questions then that's when you tell me what the problem is and it's kind of like i'm already in a kind of anxious mindset because i don't really know what we were talking about earlier so i'm already anxious going into what the problem is that you talked about mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Uh, well, okay. So I feel like. Mm, and in terms of using the example that you just gave, why would asking about the window make you feel anxious? Okay, so do you why do you believe that not answering the questions why do you believe that yeah why do you believe that answering the questions makes you feel more anxious is that the correct way of saying that yeah
1: because it doesn't feel like two of us are coming together to solve a problem It sounds like you're trying to figure out what I did wrong or like, it's not, it's not both of us working on something because I don't know what it is that's being
0: worked on. So you think it'd be better if I present the problem first to you and then say, okay, so I noticed that there's a fly in the house. Did you open the window? When I first said it, that sounds more so like I'm blaming you for it. Um, because me, naturally, this is if somebody was to ask me questions the way that I ask you these questions, is this the recording? Yes. Um, I would just answer the questions. You would just answer the questions? Yes. And then when they're done asking me the questions, I'll go, why would happen? Mm-hmm. Because I look at it and I don't, I, I'm not going to say I don't do that in terms of, Uh, Asking questions like that about something like a window, but I feel like I'll do that more so when there's something that needs to be addressed quickly. And I don't feel like now would be the time to explain what's happening Um, or, or I've already processed stuff in my head and I'm trying to fill in the blanks in my head. So I'm like, okay, I came in the house yesterday. The door was open. Why was the door open? And i ask you, Why was the door open yesterday? And then if you answer, like, oh, I went out to the store. I'm like, okay, you went to the store. I'm like, did you leave the door open? If you say, no, I locked it, I'm like, okay, I came home yesterday and it was unlocked. My mind is, okay, this is, I need to get step by step to how we, the door was unlocked when I came home. And then if you're like, no, I locked it, I'm 100% sure I locked it. I'm like, all right, cool, I can check the cameras now to see how the door was open when we came back. If you say, no, I think I left it unlocked because... Of, you know, I didn't want to leave my keys or something like that. Then I go, okay, boom. That's what the problem is. Um, so that's kind of how I look at it. Um, what? I feel like that's not as complex as like
1: situations like um, between me and you. So in that situation, you're like, how, how can I explain it? It's, that's too clean. Okay. There's something going on between me and you where you have a problem with something that I'm doing, or yeah, something like that. If I don't know, if 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 you're just going off of, um, did you? I don't even know. I don't know what I'm trying to say in my head. Is you know? um, I just think that that's still a one like you, you, you have the problem, because it's like, okay, you saw
0: that the door was unlocked, but I'm not involved in that. I'm, I just answer the question. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think that that should be, like, I feel like I should be involved in coming to the answer. Okay. Um, so I can try that. However, I believe that me starting off the question with, there's water on the floor. Did you spill this? Or did you... Did you drop something on the floor? I feel like that comes off as worse to me. Or that kind of puts the blame on you as if it makes it think like I think that you did it. I mean, but if it's only me and you in the house and you ask me how water ended up on the floor, like who else? It could be leaking from the roof or the ceiling. I don't know. Because if I come in and there's water on the floor and I'm like, did you spill any water? And you're like, no. And I'm like, there's a huge puddle on the floor. And you're like, I didn't spill anything. I'm like, okay, so we got to figure out why is there this huge puddle on the floor. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right, but I didn't go, I didn't come in the house and go, hey, there's a huge puddle on the floor. Did you spill anything? I just said, there's a huge puddle on the floor. Not even say that, I said, did you spill anything? And then you said no. And then when you answered the question, I'm like, oh, okay, bet. There's a huge puddle on the floor. Like, how did this happen? So, but I can try that. I can try uh, presenting the problem first and then uh, asking the questions afterwards. Um, And we'll see how that uh, I feel like you in
1: my head it makes me feel like you don't trust my answer if you present the question first.
0: So you just ask. If I present the question first? If you present the problem first. Okay. I feel like,
1: I don't know, I, I feel like you ask questions first so that I don't know if you think I'd lie about the answer if you mm-hmm. give me the problem first. I don't know if that's why you do it,
0: but that's what, that's why I think you do it. Mm. Mm. I think that one of the things that I believe, one reason I believe I do that is because it will. allow me to look at things from a different perspective than the question I'm asking you. Um, and it's kind of, I can see the problem in that because it takes the power away from you in the conversation. And I know how with humans that is a problem. So I can see how that would cause you to feel uncomfortable. You sound like a
1: robot when you said that. I can see that how with
0: humans that would cause a problem. Yeah, because people, people are... People do not like having power being taken away from them in any respect, whether it be conversation, whether it be relation, anything that is power related. People get uncomfortable when it's taken from them. And honestly, for the most part, I believe that that is the only time people get uncomfortable is when power is taken away from them. If they have the power, I can't see why somebody would be uncomfortable. In any situation because they have all the power so in a situation where you say you feel uncomfortable that would probably be because you feel as though you don't have any power in me asking you a question so that can be solved if I uh, share the power with you by telling you okay here this is our this is our problem that we have as opposed to me being like this is a problem that I have I'm gonna fix it um, type of situation uh, So, am I in the frame? Yes. Okay. You're making the face. I need to. I, listen, I don't know. Okay. So, um. You're in the frame. You're why do you move the camera?
1: Because you're like off to the side. That would look better
0: So, uh, Was I wasn't annoyed. I'm just like, that's why I asked if oh, okay. the, you're right. See, I did it again. That's what, that's me doing it right there. I should have said, I'm leaning off to the side. I feel like I'm not in a frame. Can you check if the frame is on me? See, there you go. That's what happened. That's why. So problem. see, we fix. we're fixing the problem right now on live oh. podcasting, not live, but live podcasting. Um, so uh, what was I saying? So, yeah, so that's that. Um, okay. So earlier today, I was looking at my phone, and I had some topics I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to have a timestamp for each topic. So because I wanted to have a timestamp for each topic, uh, I was like, okay, maybe 15 minutes per topic would be good. What time are we at?
1: 1230.
0: Okay. 1230. Thank you. Was that, was that better? 36. Did, did that make you feel anxious? What? me asking that question present the problem first, and then ask you the question. Because I just want to know what time it was. But I'm like, all right, let me present the, the problem first, and then...
1: I think that you don't have to do that for every single thing, but more so when it's things that affect both
0: of us. You know what's funny, too? This actually was funny. I think what's actually really funny about this. Mm-hmm. So I, when I read The Art of Persuasion, the book that I uh, presented to you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's in there. What? They say that you should... Uh, Lead with what you want first before asking for it or something like that. But pretty much what I just did there by telling you A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then going L, M, N, O, P afterwards instead of leading. Instead of what I normally do is like, where are we going? Why are you going there? How are we getting there?
1: You just, you my brain. Because it's like what you, so the, I think what you said earlier with the power and that's what makes people uncomfortable. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I think it does. And you, you just—I don't know if it's just like innate um, to do it, but you tend to like kind of take power from people <laughs> or assume the position of power in a conversation. Okay. You do little things, or you—it'll—it'll it'll maybe be in the way that you say something, the way that you phrase it. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, example of that is when we went to Italy uh, just I didn't know where we were going the the um, when we got there it, it got to the point where you were so tiresome of it that you had to relinquish some of your power to me and then I started to make decisions towards the rest of the trip is this correct?
0: Not really but I feel like you came up with this thought process because I said something and made you trigger that and I'm curious as to what that was
1: What what were you saying just now?
0: about the art of persuasion and then you were like yeah that power thing makes so much sense because and I'm like did I say something right now that was like that or
1: no it's just it, it clicked like it just it, it how would I you said the art of the art of persuasion and persuasion and blah, 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 blah. because I felt like I understood what your goal was so now because i understand what your goal is mm-hmm. i feel like i can help with that or be more proactive with that where if you're just asking me what time it is and they ask me again what time it is and ask me again how much time is left i don't really know why you're asking
0: mm-hmm. so so uh this actually leads into uh my experience with uh running game on girls right so pretty much Uh, My overarching view of how you want to get women to have sex with you, right? What you have to do is take the power away from them, right? In all aspects, um, depending on how much you study, then you can know on, you can know how to take power away in different situations. Um, So, one of those things is, as Melissa said earlier, which Yeah, which was as she said earlier, was we went to Italy, right? So, when you go on dates with girls, right? And it's this is this is the part why it's complicated because girls like to be dominated, girls like to be submissive to strong men, um, girls like to be uh. Well, listen, that's all true. That this is what they like. Um, I've never met a girl or a woman that wants a weak man. Um, so this is why you have men who try and be, uh, what do they call it? What's that word? Was it over masculine? What is it? toxic Yeah, they call it toxic masculinity, right? They get those cues from other men who do those things naturally and then they think that, okay, I'm going to take it overboard and do it. However, I believe that it's actually all toxic in a sense because I feel like we've kind of built a society that takes the power away from women on a regular basis, whether they know it or not. And I feel like that's kind of what's what puts women in a state of anxiety a lot is because every step of their life, small or big there is a man attempting to take power from from her or there's already a system in place that that is already stripped her of her power um and i feel like that's and then because of that girls become submissive but what i don't know is if it's a chicken or egg thing i don't know if uh women like being submissive so then they became submissive or the society built around them was submissive or if men made them submissive and then built a society that is submissive for women um so back to italy so when i was running game on girls one thing i would do is i would something called time traveling right it's when you take a girl to multiple places in one day you go on a date you take them to the movie, you take them out to eat, you go to an escape room. I personally like doing stuff that made them sweat. For some reason, I feel like uh, maybe they got more comfortable when they were able to sweat. But I know that when they got to be more uh, mobile, that it was more likely for me to be able to have sex with them or kiss them at that time um, or earlier in that on the same day. And girls, when, when I took girls on multiple dates in a day... They would be like, oh my God! I like we call multiple dates, different places. They would call it multiple dates, but to me, it was all in one day. Um, so it kind of speeds up the process of the whole three date thing and how well do I know the person? Because if I take you, if I meet you at twelve o'clock in the afternoon, and then you know we walk from where I meet you to where we're going, that's time spent that we spend together. Then we get to a place like, let's say, uh, where did we go? Where would I go first? I'll go to an escape room. Right, and then we go in there, we get comfortable, we're sweating, we have to work together to touch to try and get things moving, right, Then we will leave there, walk to somewhere else, and get some food, or I just to put them on my bike, and we ride to get some food. Then we would eat, we' would talk there, then we' would go to the movies after we eat after we eat, walk to the movies, or ride to the movies um and then, after we do that, if depending on how the night is going, we might chill in the park or walk around or whatever the case might be right now this could be this could span eight hours or so. And spending eight hours with somebody can make you feel very attached to them. Um, but while this all is happening, the girl would ask me, oh, my God, where we're we going? Where are we going? And I wouldn't tell them where we're going. I would just say, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it, right? Because that's what women like, right? So I'd be like, listen, don't worry about it. Just I do tell them what to wear. Say, listen, you're going to need to wear this. You might need to wear sneakers. You might need to wear this. And then you, that's it. You go about your day. Um, and they'd be like, you know, did they do this. Oh, my God. Oh, you, you so. And it's all this stuff. Right. They do all of that. And then you meet them. Oh, my God. Where are we going? Listen, I told you, don't worry about it. All you have to do is show up. I'll take you to wherever we're going. And you just enjoy the rest of the day. I could hear her from not even looking at her. I could hear her probably smiling and stuff already. Right. Because, this, again, this is what girls like. So then the problem comes up is like, OK, yeah, they want that. Right. But then, as you saw earlier, when it comes to taking power away from them, that's when it becomes a problem. So what I have a problem battling is, is it, it, do I have this problem now with Melissa because I try and relinquish my power to her? So now we actually have this kind of uh, issue? Or is it, is it, um, or should I have just been 100% all the time? You don't have any power. I have all the power. Um, so that's kind of what I was battling with. So we, when we were in Italy... Um, I was doing that and I wasn't telling her where we were going even though I knew I had the plan where we were going but she didn't know so she was anxious now she's overly anxious so I don't know if I would have had the same response with somebody else who I went to Italy with Um, but when I went with her she was kind of scared to go anywhere so I told her we were, we were t- getting on a bus to go to I think it was it Vatican City that's where it was the tram was going you to you, don't
1: know. you said let's just get on and see where it goes
0: Okay, do, do you know where it was when we got there? Was it the Vatican uh, it City? Was,
1: I think it was, no, we didn't go to Vatican City. Okay. It was just Rome, like central. central
0: okay, LA. okay. Uh, so we went to yeah, a major part in Rome, I think. I guess that's where, it was. I don't remember in the name.
1: Near the Colosseum.
0: Yeah, we went to near the Colosseum, right? Um, and I knew where we were going, right? Um, but my problem was I was tiptoeing with taking all the power away from her and then also allowing her to be independent um or independent person right because i know that if 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 i if i am running game like i normally would and i take away all the power the girl gets really happy she gets really goofy and she gets all smiley and hee hee right and when i first was running a game that was cool and it was fun and all when i didn't know that you know kind of how women think but it became a problem because because I took the power away from them in every aspect they relied on me for everything and it was cool it looks cool to other people but when you're in it and I've had a girl call me because she asked me how to put the ATM machine how to put the, the card in the ATM machine right now, I know that she knows how to use an ATM machine, right? But she would be calling me for things like that just because she wanted me to help her to do things. It just made her feel oh, hey, hi. so I'm at the machine and I just don't know how to, can you help me with the... That's, that's what happens. And when that happens over and over again, whether it be that, whether it be anything in the house, whether it be a problem with their family, it becomes very annoying. And then it becomes a situation where... You're kind of taking care of them, and they become a child. Um, now, I, I would, I tried this method over and over again, and I kept getting the same result. Where I would be, I would be very domineering with the women I'm talking to. They would become submissive, and then I would get annoyed by how submissive they are, and I didn't like that because I'm like, you can't function by yourself if I'm not there, or you make bad decisions and I'm like I don't want a woman like that. I don't want my woman to be so in so dependent on what I'm doing and what I say. I want her to be a thing for herself. Um, so I started trying something else where I'm like, okay, I'm going to try a situation where I allow the woman to be independent. And when I did that, uh, because most women, I don't this is what I believe. Most women are not used are not used to being independent in a relationship. So they are very surprised or they don't really know how to respond when the guy is not dominating them and he's not uh, giving off that masculine energy that they want all the time that makes them feel goofy and horny and wet and all these other things. Um, so I decide, okay, I'd rather my woman feel strong and powerful than actu- than actually feeling like I have a powerful man who I want to take care of me. So when I change that, and that's how I believe happened with well Melissa and other girls I talked to before her, is that it it just it allows more room for her to say things to me. Um, we call it in the game community, in the pickup game community, we call it testing. And I feel like it allows for more of that because she's trying to test me to see, am I going to be domineering towards her? Um, and like I said before, because I changed my my methodology behind it, it's I'm not going to dominate you. I want you to take care of yourself. You take care of yourself. I take care of myself. And then once we're both solid, we take care of each other and we build from that. Um, so that's kind of how I you know, looked at it. So, like I said, with Italy, I feel like that's what was happening in Italy when we had conversations, and that's, I believe, is why uh, I have a tendency with women. I think, I think some guys probably think that same thing about me. I've heard it before, but I don't really see it because nobody can really explain it to me specifically. Um, I used to get told I'm very logical, which is like, uh, AKA, you are making me feel dumb, I think. That's what that means. Uh, or you're not being emotional right now. That's usually what I, when I hear that, somebody goes, you're being too logical right now. And it's like, I don't even know what that means. So, you know, that's kind of where that goes. Um, so, yeah. So that's uh, how I ended up running game, learning how to run game. And that's how Melissa annoyed me this morning with the whole uh, the waffle batter. Are you crying again? <laughs> what are you crying? How, what are you crying? <laughs> okay, why are you crying now?
1: Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm emotional.
0: Okay, um, before you speak, I was wondering how much time is left on the thing and if it shut off or not. That's the part
1: that sucks. Mm-hmm. With, um, when you're trying to prove a point with Donovan and then he ends up being
0: right? Yeah, and this happens a lot. So then it puts me in a predicament to go, hmm. Should I listen to other people? Right, should I, should I take heed to what other people are saying or continue with what I'm doing? Because I've been doing pretty well with myself in my life, and I feel like my thoughts have guiding me here. So, you know.
1: Well, well to answer well, your question earlier... Um, the reason why I started crying, I don't know, I just, because I, w- I was listening to you speak, and mm-hmm. I kind of like picked up on the emotion about what you were seeing. Mm-hmm. So that kind of caused me to cry. I don't know if, that, <laughs> if you understand. I don't. Um, because I feel like when you were speaking about the logical thing, and um, I, I just, it sounded like you feel misunderstood.
0: Mm-hmm. When, you, uh,
1: when you interact with people. Yes, very much. So, I think
0: that sucks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. And I look at it like this, right? This is, I could be wrong, but I will find out later that I believe that all the successful people think like me. So, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'll end up hanging out with people who think like me, who will be like the Warren Buffett's, the Jeff Bezos, the Bill Gates, the Eric Thomas's, the the who else? Like some Jay-Z's. I kind of want to have a conversation with him. Um, a lot of the successful people. Even, who was it? Was it, uh, I don't think I'm going to talk to LeBron. Maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if I do. Oh, I definitely want to talk to the CEO of Goldman Sachs. I feel like he's, I forgot his name. I feel like he He has some very interesting conversations. And maybe the CEO of JP Morgan diamond he'd feel like a diamond i feel like he would be a very interesting guy to talk to not a fan of mark cuban either by the way when i found out he stole his company from some people that's what i found out that he became a billionaire i think that's corny so but yeah um and he hasn't really done anything since then since he became a billionaire as far as i know so that's kind of how i feel about that um what else oh so i guess we can oh that's uh, so i'll start with why we broke up me and melissa's so uh this is the story of how melissa and i broke up so you a lot. i mean you cry a lot all the time i feel like that's very normal i can be like hey you, know, I, you should you should close them they they would not call if you close them so uh this is how the story goes so melissa was going to hang out with a friend right and she's hanging out with a the friend they went out to meet i don't know two o'clock in the afternoon three o'clock in the afternoon right um asked to hang out with her friend i she didn't make lunch that day right um i'm like all right did she make lunch i don't think she did make lunch that day um so yeah i don't think she did because she was I getting
1: I made lunch. I, I didn't-
0: You sure? Because you weren't yet. I don't know if you did because you were getting ready. I I don't remember. So, I don't remember. So, I'm not going to say whether she did or not. Um, So, I went to work, right? Um, As I'm at work, Melissa calls me and tells me that her phone's about to die, right? Uh, I'm like, all right, cool. It's like, maybe like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock maybe. So, I get home, right? Now, she didn't leave dinner at home when she left. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like I said, I understand. Sometimes people don't want to make dinner. Things come up. I get it. I was, of course, I was still annoyed because I wanted to eat. But at the end of the day, there's some things you just have to go and suck it up. All right. I get it. So then after that, uh, this, this happened like two months ago. Is it recording? So I'm gonna use my pixel. Yeah, because this. this is not working. It says other oh, it says other oh, is Listen, although we have audio, it is a podcast and the visual is a, is a bonus to that. So is audio working? Okay. Um, you know, experiencing some technical difficulties on our fourth episode of the podcast, um, and I need to. Let me see camera. Video. So my screen is my screen is blurry. Can you give me the wipes? I can wipe my screen, please.
1: No, that's not what I mean. Thank
0: you. So she didn't make dinner, and the phone was, die, it was dying. She was out with her friend. They went to multiple places. They went to eat. They went to multiple bars at night, right? So with me, I'm at home, right, and it's f- 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Melissa didn't come home yet. I'm like, all right. 3 o'clock in the morning, Melissa's still outside. I'm like, all right, it's kind of late. It's 4 o'clock in the morning, Melissa's still not in the house. So I'm like, this is very odd. Like, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, she's not home? I'm like, she has to be coming home soon. I didn't get a phone call, she didn't text me, nothing. I'm like, all right. 5 o'clock in the morning, she comes into the house, all right? 5 a.m. in the morning, there's something about to come up. And she comes in the house ridiculously drunk. Now, I don't like to drink. Uh, my beliefs on drinking is that it's just what people who are insecure do, people who don't, who are, who lack self-esteem do these things because they feel like their actual personality is not good enough to be around other people or to be likable uh, when they drink. Or they drink so that they can suppress some... Uh, anxieties that they have, they haven't actually went out to do the work to solve the anxiety. They just go for a drink to helped me to ignore my anxiety. So I don't like people. Who, I don't like people drink at all. I don't like it. Same thing with smoking. It's a very similar situation. I don't like people who smoke weed. Similar, right? I don't like when people smoke weed. People who smoke weed, you know, whatever. Um. So, uh, she comes home at five a.m. and I'm like, this is kind of crazy, right? So I said she didn't make dinner. Uh, Her phone was dying. She went to multiple bars, and she came home very drunk, right? She comes in the house, and I have a pet peeve because this goes back to the whole waffle situation where it's the thoughts that people have that annoy me. What are you you thinking when you make this decision? Are your thoughts, not the decision itself, are your thoughts uh, trying to negatively impact me are your thoughts you disregarding me? What are your actual thoughts? So she came in the house. Now, we've had multiple conversations where I've said, the couch is right next to the closet. Please put your jacket in the closet. It doesn't have to go on the couch. The closet is right here. Just put it on the hanger. It's right here. She comes in the house. I'm still awake. She doesn't know I'm awake. I see her take her jacket and throw it on the couch, right? Now, some people may think, wow, she was so drunk. She's mad drunk. She, you can't expect her to... To hang up her 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 jacket when she's drunk right very sound logic right you would think that makes sense uh until you see that melissa is able to throw her jacket on the couch and then proceed to walk over to the cabinet go in the bottom of the cabinet move things out the way in the dark to then find a garbage bag now The garbage bags are rolled up in, like, you know how you have, you have to pull them and it's like inside of another one. It's kind of like that. So you have to go grab that, pull the garbage bag off of that and put it back. Then go into the bathroom. Now, not only did she have to do that, you have to open a garbage bag. Now, people could be not drunk in the daytime and have problems opening a garbage bag. She was really drunk in the dark. Had to throw up and was able to open the garbage bag, right? So I, I noticed all of these things, and I go, okay. So clearly she said, fuck the jacket. I don't give a fuck about the jacket. I'm throwing shit right here where I'm going to feel like putting it. But I'm going to be very, very nuanced in how I address me throwing up. I don't want to throw up on the floor. I'm going to make sure I have a garbage bag. She proceeds to walk into the bathroom, and then she de- she decides, okay, I'm going to. I don't know if she kneeled. I wasn't in the bathroom. I wasn't there. But she decides I'm going to throw up. In the toilet, maybe, in the garbage bag. I don't know. He's throwing up in the bathroom. Now, I also have a problem with that because I'm like, there's no reason you should be that drunk that you're throwing up. You, I've, I've got to a point once where I, where I was drunk enough to throw up, right? And I got to that point on purpose because I was like, okay, I want to know what it feels like that people, what do, why do people throw up when they drink? I don't understand. I've never done it before. So I'm going a, I'm to a drink a lot of drinks to see what happens, right? So I drink all different types of alcohol. All different kinds of lights and darks and all types of stuff, right, at this bar. And I was and they're throwing up, right? And I was just like, I don't feel crazy. I, mean, I don't feel like I would be doing irrational things. And I also noticed that I should, I'm probably going to throw up. I feel like I've hit my limit already, but I kept drinking because I didn't throw up. And then I threw up, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't like this. Why would I? I wouldn't want to keep doing this, right? So I get annoyed when people throw up because I'm like, you shouldn't. You should not be drinking that much that you are going to throw up. Your body is literally telling you you have drank too much of this unhealthy substance. Get it out of your body, right? So that also annoys me. Um, so now, not only is she at home at five o'clock in the morning. Not only did she not tell me she's coming home at 5 o'clock in the morning because she had her phone and didn't try to find a way to let me know him be out till 5 in the morning, which I still think is ridiculous. But whatever, she's an adult. I still feel like, hey, let me know, 5 a.m., cool. Um, At this point, we were dating. So, you know, let me know what's going on. Give me an update. Um, She didn't make dinner. I'm like, Okay. Uh what else? And the jacket on the on the couch, right? So then uh what was I say? Oh throwing up. All oh, right, I don't like her. I don't like people throwing up for those reasons. Right. So we're all we got all past those couple of things that she's those those things that she's done. So then she proceeds to finish throwing up. I believe the garbage bag is that's on the floor in the bathroom, as I remember. She comes into bed with me, once to lay in the bed. Now this Is another thing I have a problem with, right? Another Donovan pet peeve, right? This is what girls like to do. Girls love to do something wrong. They mess up on something they know they shouldn't have been doing, and then they decide if I could just seduce him or if I could just hug him or we could have sex or give him head, then everything will be fine and he won't be mad at me, right? Now, I'm very aware of these type of things. Right. And those annoying, because that means that in your mind, you're deciding, how can I deceive this person? How can I do something wrong and then try and not pay the consequence for what I did by trying to give them or trade sex for my wrongdoing? Right. I have a serious problem with that. And it actually makes me really upset. And it usually makes my dick soft. So that's how those two things go together. Right. So as he throws up comes the bed wants to lay on top of me now I'm already aware of why she lay on top of me right she feels bad she's throwing up it's 5 o'clock in the morning and I'm like hey, what's up oh yeah I'm so sick and my friends and we went out to the thing and, oh okay oh right now I don't I don't know did you having sex I don't remember I don't, I don't remember getting home oh so she don't remember getting home I don't
1: remember so- anything
0: Okay, so that's that's and again, that's craziness because she could have got kidnapped, raped, a whole bunch of wild shit. But again, I, this is why I don't like people, people that drinking like that because it's like, what if you're not aware of what's going on around you? It's very dangerous to be walking at in the middle of the night at five o'clock in the morning as a female, super drunk. That's craziness. Um, with a phone that's dead on top of that, right? Um, so then what happened? Comes into bed. I I feel like she wanted to do something. I'm just like, nah, I'm good. She might want to kiss me. I don't remember what it was, right? So I'm already annoyed at this point out of all the things that she's done up to that point. So then from there to the morning, she wakes up. She's still hungover, still drunk, still throwing up in the morning, right? Now, there's a, a an ingredient that's called CMOS gel that we use for our waffles for the Bamboo Project food. Go follow that page on Instagram if you want to see what we make on there on a the YouTube channel playlist. Go follow that. So the moss gel, uh, has to be soaked overnight and then blended. I didn't, I've never made it before. That was Melissa's thing. She would make it. I would add it to the waffles and we would go from there. That was her role in the waffle making was to make the moss gel. I've never made it before. So I wake up in the morning and guess who has to make the moss gel this morning? I do. Never done it before. Not a part of my daily morning routine. I have to go to work. I have to make this thing and then go to work, right? Never made it before. I don't know the nuance to how to make it. I'm like, all right, and I got to figure this out in the morning, make the waffle, and then go to work, right? And get ready for work. So I'm really annoyed at this point because I can't believe that I'm doing all of these things, right? And then to top it off, she didn't make lunch the ne- that that same day. So I didn't have dinner. My breakfast was, it was messed up. I didn't have lunch for work. The problem with me not having lunch for work is that if I don't have electric food for work, then it'll make me want to buy something outside that's unhealthy or I have to go throughout the day without eating, which makes my stomach hurt, which then makes me want to leave early, or I don't have the energy to keep working. Is it still recording? And then I'm like, that's that's what bothers me when it comes to not having food uh, Electric food, electric lunch when I go out to eat, to go out to work. So, it's a pretty shitty day and I'm annoyed. And the reason I'm annoyed is because there are multiple decisions made one after the other of, I don't give a fuck about Donovan. That's how I look at it. We're in a relationship and one after the other, she knows I don't like drinking. She knows all like people getting crazy drunk. Uh, she disregarded saying anything to me about coming home at five o'clock in the morning. She threw a jacket on the couch. She didn't make dinner the night before. She didn't leave dinner the night before before she was drunk. She didn't make the breakfast. Wake up in the morning to see more gel, and she didn't make lunch the second day. Right. So all of these things start piling up, and all this, once the other things pile up, now I'm annoyed. I don't have a problem with one thing happening, two things, three things, whatever. When it comes to get to six, seven, eight, nine, now I'm like, okay, you're you're just. You're being very, um, I don't want to be arrogant or disrespectful in a sense where it's like, okay, you're disregarding everything I've said. Okay, so because this happened, I'm like, all right, but this kind of person, if she wants to be like this, that's fine. I'm not going to force her to be anybody else that she wants to be. But what I can do is, because let's go back to the power conversation from earlier, what I can do is take control of myself. And what I can do is say, I'm not going to be dating you. I choose not to date you as fully within my power to say who is my girlfriend and who is not. And you will no longer be my girlfriend. And that's the conversation we had to have when I came home from work because I know that somebody that's acting the way she's acting and thinking the way that she's thinking, I can't date somebody like that. I can't marry somebody like that. I can't build a life with someone like that who is making decisions solely based on how they feel at that moment and not thinking know taking the relationship into account where they're just going, I want to do this, I'm going to do this, and I don't care what happens. And then if I do something wrong, instead of taking responsibility for my actions, I'm going to try and uh, seduce you to get my way out of it. I don't like that. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. And at that point, I was ready to dissolve the bamboo Project. I was, well, I would at least take it a different direction. Um... I was like, listen. When the rent is up, when when the lease is up, I'll move out somewhere else, and we'll figure something out then. Because I don't, it, I'm not gonna do this anymore. Because it's 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 negatively affecting me, and you're you don't care about that. So as a as a boyfriend and a girlfriend are together, I don't feel like that should be the dynamic of the relationship. I'm like, we should both be we should be helping each other. It should be like. I'm trying to push you. You are trying to push me. If I, if I got to push myself and pull you along, that doesn't help the relationship. So I'm like, you know what? I just rather not do this. Um, so it's better that we just don't be together. Um, so that happened and that lasted, I mean, we're still not dating now. Um, and in the beginning, my first thoughts were, and cause I, I told Melissa's friend this the other day and she asked me if I did it as like a, uh, if I did it as, uh, like a test, I guess, to see if how much is gonna react to it. And one thing I don't like doing is I don't like testing people like that because. Or she said she asked me if I was bluffing, and I'm like, no, I'm not bluffing because if she calls my bluff, I'm gonna look really stupid afterwards. And when I say that I'm done with that, it's like it's done. And if Melissa at that point decided to go, okay, that's fine. I'm going to go back to my mom's house. That would have been it. We would have never got back together or where we would have been where we are now. It'd just be it because when I'm, my mind state has already changed and switched lanes to, okay, how can I move forward by myself? What can I do to get to what I want to get to without Melissa? That's where my mind is at. My mind is not, okay, if I can trick her into changing her ways, then it could, I can could make this work. It's disingenuous. I don't want to do that. So I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so going forward from there, in the first three days, it was like I come in the house, just, hey, we're roommates. You do your thing. I do my thing. You still cook for the house. You don't want if you don't have to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. I didn't ask her to cook. If she wanted to cook, that was on her. It is what it is. Because like I said, I I, I can't. It's just take responsibility for your actions. I can't break up with her and be like, yeah, you still got to cook for me, though. That's, that's wrong. If I'm going to choose to sever the relationship, then I have to take what comes with that. And that would mean I got to cook for myself. I have to wash my own clothes. I have to do all those things for myself. I can't. It would, it would be childish for me to go, yeah, but you still got to. That's not fair. You got to cook for me. That's, that's, in my opinion, that's corny. So I'm not going to do that. And I was fully ready to go, okay, I'm going to learn how to cook all the food I have to cook. I'm going to learn how to do everything that she does in the house for myself in the case that she decides, you know what, Donovan, I don't like what you did. I don't want to do none of that shit for you. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, she didn't take that approach to it. She decided, okay, she she realized what she did was wrong, and she felt like her behavior and her thought process uh, wasn't actually beneficial to what she where she wanted to be in her life. So she decided, she decided to change what she was doing. Um, and the woman that she changed into is a person I want to be with. That's the kind of person I feel like I can get married to and have children with and actually build something that is, you know, worth, I guess, sharing with people or at least worth talking about or bragging about. I want to be able to brag about my relationship in that sense. Um, and, and definitely kind of like a role model for people, um, when it gets to that point. So uh, what was I saying? So at the three days, so the first three days, it was just come in the house. We don't, don't touch. We don't talk, not don't talk. We don't kiss. Nothing. It's just, listen, we both roommates. That's it. The fourth or fifth day is so, this is something I learned too. That's kind of interesting. And I think people should try this when they're, uh, with their boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Uh, try to go like two or three days without any relationship contact. That means no sitting on laps, that means no hugging, that means no kissing, that means no hand touching, nothing, for two or three days, but have conversations with them, right? Because during this three-day period, we would just talk, Um, and I feel like it was a more genuine conversation because we were able to talk without there having to be any um, impedance, I think that's a word, of the sexual contact, right? Right? What I learned is that the sexual energy gets built up so high when you're doing that, when you're looking at each other and you're just talking. There is no touching. There is no sex. And the, the problem that I think happens is people talk with the intentions of having sex. But we were having the conversation knowing that we were not going to have sex, knowing that we could have sex, but that we were not going to have sex. And I think that that makes... I I think it adds like a different level of energy of sexual energy to the room because we would be in the room getting very turned on, but not touching each other, just looking at each other and just communicating. And I think that people should definitely uh, at least try it and see what happens from it. like don't and no touching at all, like not in the bed, nothing, just two or three days, three days, I think would be a good number. And then afterwards. You try and see, like, okay, like, then have sex after that. Go out on a date after that. And then you guys will be like, wow, this is, this is, uh, this is really crazy. Like, I really, like, you kind of, I guess, helps you remember how much you like the person or love the person. Because one thing i realized now, because obviously we, me and Melissa, had sex since then, and we are not officially dating. Um, more likely than not, we're gonna get back together. We just haven't made it official yet. Um, but I do notice that when there's more touching, there's less talking um because I feel like talking and touching are forms of communication, so if you have ninety percent talking ten percent touching that's hundred percent of communication. But if you have zero percent touching, you have to fill the communication with something, and communication can be body language it could be um it could be conversation, it could be. A lot of different things. You could even, even the fact of doing for, doing something for the other person, like uh, cooking for them could be a form of it, cleaning for them could be a form of it, helping them with something that they didn't know could be a form of it. There's different things that you can do that will turn the other person on that don't have to be sexual related. Um, now, I'm saying to try this, I don't know. I think girls are probably like, yeah, man, it's, of course, how you not know this? I'm pretty sure girls think that. Um, And guys will probably be like, "Ah, ah, whatever, I guess, I'll see what happens. Um, But I definitely think that that is something that people should at least attempt to try and see kind of what comes from it. This shit is mad loud. I can see it turning yellow. Um, So, yeah, so that's that. Uh, What else? Okay, so um, the last thing I'm going to get into is how much time is on there? Okay, so that's about a little over an hour probably. The last thing I'm gonna get into is uh is my dad. Uh and you know, he's still battling a coronavirus and um so the last conversation last podcast we had I talked about crying, right? And I had to cry uh between that podcast and this one, right? Um and I feel like I had to do it because it was healthy and I needed to get it out. And it's, it's interesting because I knew that crying is good for you, but I didn't really know how or why. Um, so one of the days I went downstairs, I just cried and just to see what came from it. And when I did that, one thing I noticed is that a lot of mucus came out of my body when I cried um and I feel like a lot of tension was released. I guess maybe in my head, maybe my face. Um but the mucus was the most important thing that I noticed is that when I cried it helped me to get a lot of mucus out. So and I know that well according to Dr. Sabi, that mucus is supposed to be what causes a lot of the disease in your body. And I'm wondering if that by holding that in, if that's what causes somebody to be ill or that's why uh crying is not health not crying is unhealthy for you. Um so, and after that, I honestly felt a lot better. Like, I actually felt like, okay, I didn't cry a lot, but I definitely did get some crying out. And I felt like, okay, I actually feel at ease with this conversation. Oh, my God. So, I just got a text from them funny enough that we're speaking about this, right? So, obviously, I'm going I'm to address that first because this, this, this is what pissed me off, right? So, my aunt is, I think that she's crazy and I think that my dad's girlfriend is crazy because I've been trying to do research I've been I've been trying to do I've been doing research trying to figure out everything I can to help my dad fight this I'm trying to figure out what are they doing what kind of information can I offer them what questions can I ask to maybe trigger a thought that the doctors might have that they can then um, approach the situation differently Um, and then when I bring these questions to my aunt she treats the questions as if they are ridiculous questions, right? Because she reads China articles and she feels like she feels like China articles uh, that she heard from somebody else are what she needs to follow on how his health should go. She does not do any research herself. She just looks up an article that somebody sent her. and She goes off of that. So I've been actually trying to study the pathology of the human body so I can understand what's happening, why it's happening and how to address it. Um, So I've been learning all types of words and how things are supposed to interact with each other and, you know, what's supposed to be good and what the body needs. Um, And like I said, when I when I offer these questions to her, she goes, oh, my goodness, why would you? Well, oh, my God, why you wouldn't ask that for. Right. So this is why I'm pissed off, because this woman on the phone yesterday decided that she was going to ask the doctor. Can she play music for his immune system? Right. So I'm on the phone and I'm listening to the, the questions before this one comes up. And I'm like, I don't I don't think that uh, the doctors know what they're doing um, per se. I think, like I said before, they're, they're taught to handle what they're taught to handle. They aren't taught to handle the human body. They're not really I don't think they're really um, uh, proficient at it. And I'm going to explain in a second why. So, when uh, when she said that, I almost lost my mind. I'm like, she had my dad put in the hospital, her and my and his girlfriend, because they said he was delirious. She said that one of the the symptoms of the virus is is losing is, is it affects your brain and you can't think straight, right? I have yet to see any research that the virus affects your cognitive ability. Um, I have seen that it affects a brainstem in your brain or a brainstem or cells in your brainstem that affect respiratory um, function. I have not seen anything about cognitive function, right? Um, and she had them put my dad on a ventilator when I don't think he needs to be pulling a ventilator. And then his girlfriend tricked him into going to the hospital. She told my dad, he said, I do not want to go to a hospital. She didn't care. Uh, She said, all right, I'm going to take you to the urgent care. He said, okay, I go to urgent care, get an x-ray. They go to urgent care to get an x-ray. She passes the location that they're supposed to go and drives him to the hospital. And according to my cousin, she told me that he said to his girlfriend, I will never forgive you for this if I make it out of this hospital. And she took him to the hospital anyways. And now he's pretty much uh dying at this point um and i i don't really know how to really feel about it because i think i have so much rage about it because people don't know what they're doing so i don't really know how to uh i guess cope with it because like i said before i can't yell because nobody will hear what i'm saying and i can't go in the hospital because there's nothing that i can do in the hospital so it's almost like having a box. It's like if you took, like, I guess a wild animal and put it in a box. And that's how I feel. I feel like I want to do something, but I'm in this box. and I can't do anything about it. Um, so I just kind of relax because I'm like, I can't do anything. I can't help him. I'm trying my best to do what I can do to help. But I'm being stifled by the doctors. I'm being stifled by uh, my aunt and some of the doctors also and, you know, another doctor. So uh so like I said he's uh let's give you some of the numbers if anybody knows if they want to look it up. So he has ferritin. Ferritin is is a marker, right? Now, the problem that I have with markers is that they don't actually tell you what the problem is. They just t- tell you that something else is happening. So they will test for his ferritin levels and if their ferritin levels are high, they will assume that it's coming from a couple of other things. But what they want to do is they want to lower the ferritin levels. So what that means is that they can do multiple things to lower the ferritin level, but that does not mean that the problem will be solved. It just means that the ferritin levels went down. So it's, the normal ferritin levels for a human being is supposed to be, I want to say 200. I think it's like two, something, like maybe like 50 to 200, something like that maybe 100 to 200, somewhere in that range, right? If you have, like, 500, that's very high, right? Last week, my dad was at 8,000, right? And right now, he's at 3,000. I think, let's say he's at 2,700, actually. Um, so, numbers are going down. But again, it's a marker. And a marker pretty much means that, I'm giving an example of what a marker would mean. Um, okay, here's a marker. If If you went to a house and you saw that there was smoke in the house right the the smoke would be the marker for the problem right so what they're going to do is as a doctor they're going to come with a hose and they're going to spray water on the fire on the smoke or in the building right and they believe that that will make the smoke go away now yes that may make the smoke dissipate however If the fire is an electrical fire, then the water is not going to do anything to help the fire go away. Um, Depending on what kind of fire it is, that will dictate what you need to do for it. But all you will know from the smoke, which is is the coolant to the ferritin, is that there's a fire here. There's a problem here. But they don't know how to solve the problem that's causing the actual markers to go up. They just know that the markers are up. And they're trying multiple things. And that's what I have a problem with. Because the ferritin levels are up, right? So the ferritin levels are supposed to be, can you fact check this for me? Just make sure this, this is correct when I say this. The ferritin levels are supposed to be uh, how your body stores, I think it's like fat cells and how your body stores iron. Is that? It's F-E-R-R-I-T-I-N. Um Okay, so can you read this to me so I can just say it verbatim? A protein
1: produced in mammalian metabolism which serves to
0: store iron in the, the tissues. So it's a protein that's used to store iron in your tissues, right? So his is really high, so that means that there's a high amount of iron in his tissues. Now, there's... Uh, I think it was that test. But either way, that's how I look at it, right? There's too much iron in his in his blood. Or the, the markers are saying that there's too much ferritin in his blood. We don't know... What's causing that? We just know that it's a lot of it, right? So what I think of that is, okay, how do we reduce that? The iron, if that's what the marker is supposed to tell you, how do we reduce the the amount of iron that's in his blood? Because that means that A, too much is coming in or B, not enough is going out. And I feel like that's the problem. Once you trace the the path down to, oh, there's a blockade here. That's why the iron is not getting out. So clear whatever that blockade is, the iron will go out, the levels will go down. Or B, the, the, there's too much iron being stored in the blood for some strange reason. I don't even know why it's too much coming in, but there's a problem. The body can't process all this iron. Let's get it out. Or let's reduce the weight that's coming in. That's how I believe the problem will be solved. Um, as far as I know, they aren't doing any of that. When we talked on the phone, they didn't really have an idea... They just said it's a marker for it. They're trying a whole bunch of other stuff um, for it. And like I said before, I don't really think the doctors, I mean, I don't think. I know the doctors don't know what they're doing because they said multiple times, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just, we're just trying different things. Um, so like I said, then I have to deal with my aunt telling me, yeah, or telling the do- asking the doctors, She just texting me right now. How can we get the uh how can we get music to be played on there to improve his immune system right when i offered ideas on how to uh what which uh which which uh minerals will help his iron or help his immune system it was i'm crazy but then her solution is let's get him some music in there to help his immune system that's her that's her solution right and i almost lost my mind because i'm like if my dad dies, it's going to be because you guys are so stupid. Like, that's going to be the reason that he dies, because Ms. Connie is stupid. My aunt is stupid. Uh, the doctors don't know. There's one doctor that worked there that I'm like, okay, he, he's helpful because he can actually answer questions. And he's able to at least relay information back. The other doctors either don't know what they're talking about, have no idea what's going on, or are very rude when asking questions and are very short when we have questions or when I have questions. So that's a problem. And I I think that, you know, doctors should not be in that, shouldn't be handling situations like that when something like this is happening. Um, I feel like they should be able to go, okay, what questions do you have? I can answer these questions. I can't answer those questions. Or if you send them to me, I can try answering these, answering those. I feel like you have to have a compromise. I understand there are a lot of people who are in the wherever they Are in the ICU, but you also understand that I have a family member that's there, so I understand that you have a job, you know that I, I have something that I want. So, how can we meet somewhere in the middle? I don't need you for an hour on the phone, but I also don't think that you should cut me off after seven minutes of talking on the phone. Um, so I feel like, and if if again, if something comes up and you have to go, for, you have to go, then hey, listen, I, I know we, we cut short for seven minutes. I'll call you back, or can you email me or call me tomorrow at this time, and we could try to answer some more questions when I have more free time, because something just came up. All right, bet. I understand that. I will contact you tomorrow and ask you whatever I want to ask you, and we go about our day. I try to be as reasonable as possible, and I feel like they are not being reasonable. Um, So, like I said, my dad's his oxygen, he is using uh, about 90% of the ventilator, which means that he's only using about 10% of his own strength to breathe. That number is fluctuating between like 88 and like 92, um, but it should be nowhere near that. Another thing that that I remember that happened that got me annoyed was when I said they told me that they feel like it's better for him to be laying on his stomach for, uh, I don't even know, for his breathing, they said. Now, before this whole thing even happened, I used to research how to sleep better, what's the better position for sleeping. From what I understand, the best sleeping position is on your back. So when they told me this the first day he's in the hospital, I almost lost my mind because I'm like, why would y'all have him on his stomach with all these tubes in him and then think that's the best way for him to sleep? My aunt's like, they know what they're doing. They're doctors. They have everybody. All the other ICUs are doing this, too. It's a good idea to have him like this. It's better for him. And I'm like, that's retarded. Oh, all fucking stupid. I'm like, y'all can't be serious. I think that it's better to have him on his on his stomach than on his back breathing. Right. So I raised this. And then a day or two later, the doctors go, yeah, we put him on his back. And we noticed that he's getting a lot, like he's actually doing better on his back, right? So now I'm like, obviously, right? So then another day goes by. They say, yeah, we put him on his stomach. What happens the next day we get a call? Everything then went crazy. I don't know if it's a relation to that. I just know that when he's on his back, he's doing better. He's on his stomach, he's doing bad, right? So now that I've raised this question after my aunt told me that I was crazy, I should trust the doctors for for thinking what they think because they're doctors. They know what they're doing now it's whenever she calls him is he on his is he on his back because we've heard that you know he's better on his back and this is mind you one of the doctors told her this one of the doctors said yeah we've noticed some for some reason when he's on his back he does better after i already said this now the doctor is saying it now is oh yeah so we heard before the doctor last time told us that he's better on his back can we keep him on his back more often and now it's a thing but everything else that i'm saying is going out the window nobody wants to listen to what i'm saying um, my, my aunt also decided that her solution was let's get let's get him on every experimental drug they have. If they have an experimental drug, let's give it to him. I don't know what it does. I don't know how it works. Let's give him the experimental drug. See what happens, right? Um, now I don't want my dad being a guinea pig for any experimental drugs. I don't know what it's for. I don't know what it does. I do know when I looked up the experiment, experimental drug called serilamab. Um, It definitely said that do not take this drug if you have infections, which the viral with coronavirus is. But they decided let's test him with that. And after that happened, uh, he got severely worse. Now, it was a trial test, so we don't know if he got it or not. But I do know after he might have gotten it, he got significantly worse. Uh, He was on hydrochlorine. Uh, I haven't researched it yet, but he's gotten it was like a week trial. Since he got off of that, his numbers have gone down. So all experimental experimental drugs that he's been on have not helped him get better. They just made him worse. Um, And I feel like it's common sense to know this, but for some reason, they are not doing that. Another thing, they have antibiotics, right? Now, this is my problem with antibiotics, right? Antibiotics are for bacteria. They are used to fight bacteria. The way that they, the way they are designed is to, I believe, is to infiltrate the, the cell membrane of the bacteria, and they're able to kill the bacteria in that sense. Viruses are not built the same way, so you cannot use antibiotics for that. So... They have more antibiotics. So when I asked, my aunt's like, oh, he used to stay on it because the doctors know what they're talking about. You don't have a you don't have a license. You're not a doctor. You don't know what you're saying. You're just looking stuff up on the internet. And I'm like, I don't know why she thinks first of all, I can tell you right now, 95%, if not all, doctors are looking stuff up on the internet when they're at the at the hospital because no person remembers everything they learned in school. You go back and you look it up because you forgot. Hmm, what does this do again? Okay, let me look that up. Oh, snap, what does that do? So the same place that they're going are probably on the internet. So that alone tells me that she's very incompetent when it comes to situations, right? Now, she believes that antibiotics are going to fix his pneumonia, Okay pneumonia is a state that you are in pneumonia is not a thing when your lungs fill with fluid when your lungs fill with fluid you have pneumonia okay now if you don't want pneumonia you remove the fluid from your lungs that's how you cure pneumonia now you can still have the bacteria in your lungs that cause pneumonia or the virus or the even the trauma that caused pneumonia however when you don't have the fluid in your lungs, you do not have pneumonia. So let's say you have pneumonococcus, I think it's called. It's one of the bacteria uh, that cause pneumonia. If you have it in your system, but your lungs never fill up with fluid, you don't have pneumonia. You just have the virus, the bacteria that causes it, right? So they're giving my dad antibiotics for this problem, right? So I look it up, right? Antibiotics are... Our Antibiotics are, they call them immunosuppressives. I think it's called immunosuppressives, which means that they negatively affect or reduce your immune system. They weaken your immune system. When you're fighting a virus, what do you need? Your immune system. You need your immune system to fight the virus. So they give him antibiotics for that, right? Now, this is what I have a problem with, the whole antibiotic situation. Um, I asked my aunt about the antibiotics. I sent her... I sent her multiple uh, articles. I sent her multiple tests. I sent her multiple um, um, links and pictures, videos of... What's the other things called? Not tests. What do you do when you have a multiple... it's it called a test? When You have multiple people come together and do like a, 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 studies. I sent her multiple studies of how uh, the immune system is affected negatively by antibiotics, right? Her response to me was... Where is her response? <laughs> oh, where is her response? Because I almost lost my mind dealing with her. She said, uh, I sent her multiple articles, studies, links, and videos. She goes, yes, not proven. Sure, you can find articles to counter this. Really think it has to do with overprescribing antibiotics. Condition so serious, immune system can't do nothing. It's an overdrive. Right now, in battle being lost. Can't take chance of no antibiotics. Right? Uh So she's me some other stuff, but she's kind of old, so her texting is kind of off. It's weird, and I don't really want to read this whole message. Um, maybe I'll t- put a screenshot of it or something. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll read. Will succumb. This is after I sent her a bunch of stuff telling her that you can't. Like if I asked her, if you can find a article that tells me that antibiotics does not negatively affect your immune system, then fine. But if I don't believe you're ever gonna find that. Because it doesn't ex- I don't believe it exists. Um so I wanted her to find that and send that to me. She couldn't find that. Uh she goes, We'll succumb, tired right now, have to stop. I know doctors don't have all the answers, but what but that's what we have to rely on. There are people who have there are people who have beat the virus with There are people who have beat virus that receive antibiotics. I'm not willing to stop the antibiotics without overwhelming evidence. They are dictated. That means that they are able to, they are trained in knowing what medicines go with other medicine. That's what that word means. for Forced condition. And I have not done the research to say so. It would consist of detailed research, not just random articles found on internet that are not specific to treatment of covid so I said, okay, just ask the doctor. Just ask the doctor about that. That's what I said, ask him. Right? And what happened when she asked the doctor? He says exactly what I said. He, the doctor goes, yeah, that is very true. He, he's actually your son. Yeah, he's, very, he's, he's right. Uh, antibiotics do not cure viruses, they don't. Right? The doctor told her this. Now, I told her this already. Then she gets on the phone and asks the doctor. The doctor said the same thing that I just said. Right? He goes, but the reason that we gave him. Oh, before I even get to that. In the group chat, I said, That when I researched this, that uh, one of the cons of a ventilator is that because it has your throat open like that and it has the tube in it, I don't know if it's because the tube is dirty or letting bacteria in, you're more likely to get a bacterial infection from a ventilator because of the way it's set up. So I said, if he's on antibiotics, I could see the pro of it is for that. However, I don't know if the pros of that outweighs the con because it's suppressing his immune system, which is fighting a virus, so I don't think that that is actually a pro in a situation. The doctor says again, like he said earlier, I was right or he said I was right." so I'm like, okay, so he keeps going on. he says, uh he's on antibiotics because they had him on uh they had him on some." I think he was on what was it he was on some blood pressure medication that they had and the antibiotics help with that and they said that one of them this would annoy me another thing they said a marker that he had shows that he may have a bacterial infection right again let's go back to the markers thing because when i looked it up this is what this is what this is what fucking annoys me right i looked this up the marker that he's talking about Two things, like I said, remember, it can be electric fire or it could be a regular fire, and you're throwing water on it. When the marker shows, or the test shows this, a high number of this marker, that means that uh, you can either have a bacterial infection or your tissue could be damaged, right? So, if you have a bacterial infection, then antibiotics are helping you right if you have a tissue damage situation then the market is still going to show the same thing happening but you're giving it antibiotics which are not actually helping to fight the virus It's now it's actually making it worse because you're giving antibiotics to a problem that is not solving which is the tissue being damaged, which probably is happening because the virus is running rampant in his body, fucking up his kidneys, his lungs, everything. So his kidneys, his whole tissue is probably fucked up, which is probably what I believe the markers are reading anyways. And they are prescribing antibiotics, which are, in my opinion, making things worse because now his immune system is trying to fight the antibiotics. His immune system is trying to fight the virus. It's trying to fight... Uh, whatever other stuff they put in him, the, the, the hydrochlorine, the, the, they have him hyped up on all these different things. And then I went, so I want to come to this too. So my dad, no, my cousin and I go before that, they asked me, my aunt, if I went to go see my dad in the hospital and I'm like no why would i'm like why would i want to go see him i can't talk to him i can't see like he can't communicate with me what's the point of me going to see him so i didn't want to see him right uh she asked my sister on the phone she said no and aunt kathy was like no she didn't want to see him right so she didn't ask my cousin so when my cousin found out that she wasn't asked she was like i don't give she's like what i'm going she goes oh miss connie is going that's his girlfriend and then he's like no she, my aunt goes yeah uh, but Miss Connie's going. My cousin's like, I don't care. I'm going. I don't care if she's not a family member. I don't care what she said. I'm going instead of her. And she won't want to go. I'll call her and tell her I'm going instead of her. So my cousin Hadassah calls her and says, I'm going. I don't, whatever you're going. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going. So she goes, and I'm like, all right, bet. So now I have a reason to go. I'm like, if I can go up there, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Hadassah, and I'm like, okay, I, I'll try and give him what I got from the fig tree in Brooklyn, which is the herbal medicine place i'm like it's i want to give him something that will flush out the mucus from his body and then also give him something that will help his immune system to fight the virus so i'm like maybe if i go with her they'll let me give it to him and we'll see what happens with that um so we get up there and she goes inside she facetimes me and when i see him for the first time since he's went in there or even before that his whole body is swollen his whole face it looked when i looked at the picture i'm like it looked like somebody hit him with a frying pan like it looked like somebody hit him over the head with, or they dropped him on the floor. His head was so, he had a big knot on his head. And I'm like, how do you get a knot on your head if you're not moving? I'm like, I can see being swollen, but I don't know how you become swollen to like one specific place like that if you don't actually have an injury. So that was kind of weird. My cousin told me that his, his hands were swollen, his arms were swollen. A lot of his whole body was swollen. Now, from what I know about inflammation, that's your body trying to fight something off. I believe that this inflammation is so severe because he's fighting off so many different things um and like i said i believe antibiotics are one of those things uh, i also believe that um what was i gonna say it was another oh the food this is the, this is a another more the last thing i'm gonna say is that they are giving him food that's called it looks like insured remember the name of it I don't remember the name of it. it. They're giving him pretty much... It's something that you take on dialysis. When you have dialysis, it's a food that they pump into you. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Can you just... Oh, Nepro found it. It's called Nepro. That's what they're giving him. It's a Nepro shake. They're giving him protein shakes. Now, if anybody knows, you, don't, you can't survive on protein shakes. There's not enough minerals and minerals... In protein shakes to survive. There's not enough nutrition in them to survive. They're hyped up on protein, but your body's not going to be able to use that to, su- to, to sustain itself going forward. It's literally just going to be uh, drinking protein shakes every single day. Um, I'm going to put up a picture of the drink and the nutritional facts on there. What does this say? This is the ingredients. It's going to show me the ingredients. Okay, here's the ingredients for Nipro, okay? Water, corn syrup, okay? Corn syrup solids, uh, calcium, magnesium, sodium. They have it called cassinates, uh, safe flour oil, canola oil, sugar, milk protein isolate, soluble corn fiber. Uh, I can't even pronounce this shit. Short chain fructose gold saccharides soy lectins, natural and artificial flavors, calcium citrate, sodium citrate, potassium citrate. Can you Google citrate for me and see what that says? Uh, choline chloride, salt cellulose, exorbic acid. That's another another name for vitamin C when it's not really vitamin C. They call it exorbic acid. It's a, it's like the casing of vitamin C. It's what they, it's what they make. They create that. It's not real vitamin C. Um. Citric acid, okay? So, calcium citric acid, uh, sodium citric acid, and potassium citric citric acid. What is citric acid? Can you look that up? Because I think I need to know what that is too. Uh, What else he got in his? Hydrochloride is in here. Calcium plutoniate, magnesium sulfate, copper sulfate, thymine, hydrochloride, riboflavin, vitamin A. Now, if anybody who's a nutritionist, you already know. If you are looking at the ingredients and they are ingredients you can't pronounce and the list is this long, it's not good for you. And they're giving him all of these things because they feel like, oh, it's going to help him to be, help his body fight. Is he going to be, he's going to survive. He's going to have food to eat. This is the food they give him. This, this, this is what they give him. Do you find out what that means? What Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it, it comes from
1: fruits, like natural sources, but the artificial ones come from
0: mold. Mold? Sheesh. So, so it says contains milk and soy ingredients, right? So, there you go. That's, uh, that is that, um, on that. Now, what the doctor said is that, because I almost forgot this. So, again, I want my dad to eat actual food. I didn't want him to eat that bullshit. Uh, can you just check that? with me, um. Okay. So, what, uh. The doctor said is that they gave him antibiotics because they think he has a bacterial infection. They don't know. So they gave him this drug just in case he does have one, but they're not sure. So they want to prevent it from happening. They go, well, he might get a bacterial infection. So we wanted to jump on it before he got one. So he gave me antibiotics just in case he did get a bacterial infection. Um, And it was something else about, oh, they said that. Uh, can you look this up for me? It's called uh, septic shock. They were saying that the antibiotics will help him, per, will prevent him from going into septic shock. It has something to do with blood, I think.
1: Yeah, um, life-threatening low blood
0: pressure. So his low blood pressure—he had he had low blood pressure, right? Now here's what's funny about this. Can you, can you Google this too? Hypertension. I, what I believe hypertension is, is high blood pressure, right? So he had. A possibility of having septic shock, which is low blood pressure. That's what it is, hypertension, right? Now, how does a person with hypertension uh, susceptible to having septic shock? Well, I would assume, right, that they are giving him medication for his hypertension because his blood level is too, his blood pressure is too high. They reduced it so much that it got too low, and then they, to solve that problem, they give him antibiotics. Right, And I'm assuming from that, another problem came up, probably with his immune system. Like, oh, shit, that shit's not working. Now you got problem, cause another problem, cause another problem. Because they don't know what they're doing. They're experimenting and seeing what works. And they're honestly not doing anything, but hoping that at some point his immune system goes, okay, we got this, we'll figure it out. Or they're like, well, he died, we tried, my bad. You know, when you want to bury him. Um and so that's my problem to have with doctors. So if anybody has a situation like this, do not listen to doctors, okay? Just do you, ask them questions, put pressure on them, ask them questions that you don't, if you don't understand something, everything you don't understand they say, if they say any word to you that you don't understand, go, what does that mean? What is, huh? Can you, can you spell that for me? Research it and look it up. When you talk to them again the next day, ask them. So last time I talked to you, I saw that you talk, you, you're you giving this to the person. But I read that this happens. Why are you doing that? If they don't have an answer, that's a problem. If they can answer you, then you're good. You have a good doctor. The majority of them can't answer it. They're just like, I don't know. We're trying it. We're going to see what happens. I believe that that is a problem. Uh, with a lot of these medical people, and I believe that's a lot that's a lot of reason why people are dying in hospitals for that exact reason. um one way I like to equate it to or one uh analogy that I have is let's say you have zero and you have one, right um point five would be no, no, you have zero and you have one, right And I feel like what doctors are doing is they're adding. Point 0.9 and trying to get to 1, right? So if you add 0 and you add point 0.9, you're going to get zero point 0.9. And if you add point 0.9 again, what number do you get if you do that? 1. 1.8. 1. 8. Now, he add point 0.9 again? 2.7. 2.7, right? Now, you can add point 0.9 as many times as you want. You're never going to get 1, right? It's never going to happen. You're never going to get to 1 because... You keep going to say how many... Mm-hmm. 5, 5. wait let me see let me see thing can you go to the calculator well, you don't just
1: want
0: I don't know what math you're doing you're saying point there shouldn't be a point oh
1: because you said
0: point nine yeah but you think I said if you add point nine how'd you get to how'd you get past 1? one 8. I know so that's not what I meant then let me see go add point add nine That's not what i meant then that's not that's not the right analogy that's not what i meant that's not the analogy i had in my head um mm, yeah yep we'll scratch that analogy i'm gonna have to come back with another one next week to have a better understanding of of how to relay my messages of pretty much what i'm trying to relay is that no matter what they do okay here's a better analogy If you subtract 0.9, I think that's a a better way of putting it, not adding 0.9. Because every time that they add something to him, they take away something else. And you can't actually get to one if every time you try and move up, it brings you back down. So maybe a better analogy would have been you have to subtract 0.9 from it. I'm going to come up with a better one, though, next week. I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to flush it out. So that concludes... uh, episode four of the podcast and uh yeah so again one of my goals for the podcast is I want everybody to to kind of see the process that I'm going to take to become a billionaire I'm gonna start with this and a couple other, other projects and when I get to that that place all the things will be up for people to see that anybody could do it and it's not it's it's, it's very hard but it's very simple okay I want everybody to be able to do it just go out and keep doing what you're doing if you're going to fuck up. As you see, Hunter is not here. That annoyed me. I'm, st- I'm running a business. He didn't come. But things are going to happen. You can't you can't stop doing what you're doing. There are always going to be things that happen. The people that become successful are the ones that go, okay, I did it or I had the problem. Let's, how can I move forward? And you just keep doing that. And it builds character. It builds resilience for when you actually have a problem. Because what happens when you're a billionaire, you have a bunch of problems. People who go, Yeah, I have a problem. I'm going to just stay where I'm at. They don't ever get to the next level. Um, so like I said, this podcast is one section of how I'm going to get to that level and I'm going to show how I got to that level. Um, and I think another, th- like I said, another thing I want to do is I, one of my goals right now is to make, is to expose a thousand people to the process of becoming a a billionaire, right? And by making them a millionaire. Um, and I feel like once I can do that, I'll be able to kind of get it out to everybody else. And I feel like when people have money, a lot of problems will be solved. At least all the money problems will be solved. But the bamboo party is not just about money because money is just, uh, it's its an extension of your energy that you put out in the world. So if you put out a lot of energy, you'll get, you can get, if you put out the proper energy, you'll get money back. But again, this is a lot more complicated and I'll explain on other podcasts. Or you want to DM me, call me. We could talk about it. You know, whatever problems you have going on, I would love to hear about it and kind of, work through it because I I like to hear how people think, what they're going through. Um, So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as Donovan Gray, D O N I V A N G R A Y Instagram and Twitter. Uh, The bamboo project podcast, the bamboo project underscore podcast. If you want to find us on Instagram on YouTube, the bamboo project, Uh, we have food videos on how to eat, have a healthier living lifestyle how to eat healthier, how to eat electric food. We have videos on, you know, fun vlogs when we went to Italy, went to Chicago. We have, uh, the sports section is not up yet because of the coronavirus, so we're still working on that. Uh, we have singing, the Bamboo Project music, we have the Bamboo Project fitness. So, because again, it's not just about making money, it's about having a healthier lifestyle. It's about turning the life that you live every day into a living. So, yeah. Bamboo Project out. Oh, one more thing, guys. We are now on Apple Music, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you want to listen to us on your podcast platforms, you can find us on those three. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. Bamboo Project out.